Hello, welcome to Broadway and Other Kiwi Dreams, a podcast exploring the lives and minds of theatre practitioners in and around the New Zealand performing arts industry. I'm your host, James Shearer. Today, I'm joined by improviser, performer, and creator, Truby Dylan Smith. As a shy child, Truby didn't start performing until high school, when he started to open up and embrace his outgoing side. Since then, he has established himself as one of the top improvisers in New Zealand, even being named one of the top performers at the World Festival of Community Theatre in Florida. Listen in to hear how a degree in linguistics can propel you into a career in improv. We get the story behind the Dunedin improv group Improsaurus, and of course, we learn a few tips and tricks about improvisation from the experienced performer that is Truby Dylan Smith. So, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, enjoy a conversation with Truby on Broadway and other Kiwi dreams. Kia ora, Truby. Kia ora, James. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? You're good. I like how we're now pretending we haven't been talking for the past 20 minutes leading up to this. Literally 16 <laughs> minutes and 35 seconds I've got. <laughs> but no, no, no. We, we've just connected and we're just now starting to talk. Yeah. Yeah, love. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hi, welcome to my room. Thank you. You've got very nice uh, tie-dye curtains. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, they came with the house. Oh, so you, you, didn't, you didn't pick them? No. The orange-brown oh, no. tie-dye? Yeah, it is my favourite colour though, so. Nice. That was one of my questions, so thanks for that. Oh, great. <laughs> Sweet. Tick. Number one done. We're, we're on a roll. <laughs> we're blasting through this. So how's it going? How has the coronavirus been for you? Oh, yeah. Have you died yet? That's probably insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're lucky, James, because I'm not dead and no one that I know is died <laughs> of coronavirus. So great. it was a risky joke, but... It landed. <laughs> it landed. It landed. Yeah. Um, my gosh. Um, good. It's good. Great. It's um, surprisingly good. Obviously, I had a year planned. Mm. Uh, well, maybe, maybe, that actually, maybe that's not obvious. Um, <laughs> just, just to let you yeah, know. I, I, had I didn't a year expect planned. you to have a year planned, so <laughs> it's good that you did. <laughs> yeah. So... Yes, so I had my year planned out. I was, you know, nicely booked up until the end of January. And that all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. I'm kidding. That all changed when COVID attacked. So obviously that changed my year. So I went from having a lot of work to do. I was, at that time, was working on Lysander's auntie at the Mm -hmm. Court Theatre. We were in the midst of that. We were in our tech week um, and then... The whole thing was called down and in 48 hours, all of New Zealand was to be quarantining at their own homes. Mm. So that was, that was quite a pivot mm. <laughs> and that was, that was good, fun, busy work. And then to suddenly drop into lockdown was jarring. Mm. Uh, not only creatives, but I think most everyone had to get acquainted or get comfortable with um, not doing heck of a lot at home. Yeah. That was for me. Mostly fine. That is largely what my life looks like between gigs anyway. It's me <laughs> sitting on the couch, yeah. not wearing as many clothes, basking in the sun, doing some gardening, petting animals. Sounds great. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, 
Um, so that that's usually me between gigs anyway. Hmm. But obviously with the added proviso of you can't hang out with your friends. Yeah, I started to feel less and less creative during that time because I didn't I didn't want to challenge myself to get anything achieved during that time. From day one, I decided that I wasn't going to. <laughs> yeah, made a decisive move. Yeah, exactly. Because I predicted, I was like, oh, I know that I'm going to get halfway through an endeavor like that and then give up. Mm. So I'm going to stop. So give up now. At the start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 But creatively, that, that did become very difficult. Uh, yeah, like the third and fourth week of lockdown was was quite hard. And that, that threw something into perspective really nicely was that because I was being supported by the government, I was making the same money. Mm-hmm. I was being given the same money that I would have received if I was doing a show. Yeah. Um, but this time I was just at home because that was the kind of support that our government was giving us. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Yeah. I was getting the same compensation to sit at home and I was like terribly, terribly unsatisfied and yeah. unfulfilled. And that kind of threw in perspective. It's like, oh, that's why I do my work. It's because I, because it's what fulfills me the most that I need that creative fulfillment. I don't think many of us do this the money <laughs> no, no but it was just it was just nice to have that sort of like you know bit of science yeah a, a, a trial yeah and literally what you said like if you were in it for the money you would just not do it and get the government's money <laughs> right yeah yeah which is you know i had that chance you know yeah. I, I i did that experiment um and it turns out no you need something more than that compensation and for me it's the fulfillment that comes with telling stories and mm. entertaining people and bonus, uh, yeah. you can get paid. Exactly. And yeah, that funds my the rest of my lifestyle, mm. which is video games, petting animals. Petting animals. Not not wearing many clothes. <laughs> Call back. Hey, gosh, uh, that's a reference that we made in the start. I think we're done here. <laughs> yeah, that's how improv works. Yeah. You, you kind of wrap, that's wrap it up, That's full circle. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, nice. Speaking of theatre. Yes. The first question I uh, ask people and... This may be different for you because you, you're mostly an improviser. Yes. But you have done these things is what is your favorite musical? Oh, yeah. I did think about that, how I think I might be different mm. to a lot of the people that you've interviewed. You think you might be different? <laughs> I mean, I think we're all different. I think we're all varied and beautiful. Um, but I, I can easily identify a point of difference between me and other guests that you've had on this mm-hmm. podcast. I'm not I'm not trained at all in musical theatre. And I think most of your other guests have been. Just kind of yes. looking over that. List. I think so. Yeah. But I still, I love musicals. I do love musicals still. It's the blast Chicago around the house, like mm-hmm. growing up. Oh my goodness. I just remembered. Um, so my first exposure to musicals was when... There was a radio competition. I was like four or five and mm-hmm. I had a cat called Ginger and I loved that cat. Was it a ginger cat? It was a ginger cat. That makes and sense. And my mom hates, hates ginger cats. Uh-huh. And our first cat was a ginger cat. I don't know how we arrived in that scenario. Not only that, but it was named Ginger <laughs> as well. <laughs> and it was named Ginger. So this living nightmare is strutting around our house. Yeah. Um, but it was my mother's own doing. So don't have any sympathy for her. Um <laughs> I loved that cat. And so there was a radio competition on 
and you had to call into the radio station and tell them about your cat. And my mum did this on my behalf and mm-hmm. she won two things for doing that. She won a cat food dispenser or cat biscuit dispenser that a cat can activate by like pouring at a lever and then cat biscuits fall out. Mm-hmm. Prize number one, that was for Ginger. Prize number two was a soundtrack to Cats. Great. Um, <laughs> and so I won this in like 1995 so i'm sure there are members of the audience who can work out what recording that is of cats Mm -hmm. london cast i don't know i don't know those details sure (laughs) great and so that was the first musical that i was exposed to i played that disc every single freaking day i could sing to you right now all of cats and if you don't want to listen to that then cut to three hours (laughs) into the recording (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes great three hours later okay i've just performed all the cats that was wonderful we yeah, laughed nice. we cried yeah if, if you want to hear that please support us on patreon and it'll be there <laughs> <laughs> great i will do a one-man version of cats once we have kick-started ten thousand dollars i will do that so yeah cats was the first musical very close to my heart my favorite musical is jesus christ superstar mm-hmm. i love that like as, as, as you can probably tell by now, I'm pretty basic when it comes to musicals. I don't travel far and wide. Yeah, pretty much solely Andrew Lloyd Webber so far is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. I have, I have a type and it's him. I love him. Um, no, I don't mind him. I actually, I actually don't know if I love him. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ Superstar. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's like the ultimate crisis. High stakes, high drama. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Jesus knows that he's going to die. Mm-hmm. He wants to know if it's all going to be worth it or not. Like, what's it for? Oh my God. I love that musical so much. Yeah, high great. stakes. Very yeah. high stakes. Um, Almost the, the most high stakes story of the last 2000 years. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, my favorite recording is that, <laughs> is that, one is it the 1960s recording of it where it happens in like a quarry <laughs> like there there's like scaffolding and there's men in like hard hats and purple tank tops it is the strangest stupidest campus thing aesthetic that i've seen uh, that is the best filming of jesus christ superstar it is so good on that note we have a listener question and I was going to put it oh. at the end, but I'll put it right now. Sure. It is from at Finroy NZ. I'm not sure if you, oh, you yes. know him. Yes. Cool. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. I do know Finn. He says, why do you love the color purple so much? <laughs> <laughs> and my question is, is it because those men wore <laughs> purple tank tops? <laughs> Look, they might have had more of a more impact on me growing up than I realized. Um <laughs> That could be it. Gosh. And I do assume he means the colour and not the musical. The colour Not the musical. Oh, like, why do you like the colour purple so much? Yes. Yeah, no. Um, no, I, I haven't had uh, many, if any, um, conversations about that um, musical with Finn. So I presume he means the colour itself. Mm. Um, gosh, he's really invited some introspection here. Mm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, telling my mum my favourite colour was purple and she was like, no, it's not, it's blue. And, um... <laughs> yeah, I, I know your favourite colour, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I know, the nerve. Oh my God. <laughs> All of these stories will probably come back to my mother. As they should. Exactly. Exactly. She's a fabulous woman and um, very worthy of every story that I tell about her. Yeah. And that's the answer to <laughs> that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Good. Um, I, hope, I hope you're satisfied most of all you, Finn. Yes. Uh, speaking of your mother, tell me about your childhood in terms of performing. Yeah, sure. I was exceedingly shy. As everyone can tell from this interview. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I really did a pivot in high school. Yeah. But um, yes, I was very shy. So I don't have a lot. I did play a rat um, as a five-year-old in the Pied Piper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Southbrook School. So I'm Canterbury boy, born and raised. I played a rat and then I played the recorder and I can still play the tune that they got me to learn on the recorder. And if you don't want to hear that, cut to... <laughs> <laughs> cut to hour six. <laughs> yeah, in retrospect, I don't know why the rats were playing recorders. Because yeah, shouldn't it have been the Pied Piper? Exactly. They famously, they don't do that. They f- follow the Pied Piper, <laughs> who's playing, and then they fall off a cliff. Um, <laughs> yeah, so not a heck of a lot in my childhood... It was when I had high school that I was like, hey, I'm going to pipe up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use my voice. I'm going to strap my stuff. I am a beautiful creature. And how did that manifest? That's where I started improv. Right. And theatre sports was at Rangiora High School with Miss Hemiona. Mm-hmm. And she helped me and a few other of my friends that I made at the start of high school um, start up the school theatre sports club, which previously wasn't really a thing Mm. um and so we started that from the ground up and then that's how we started um competing in the inter-school theater sports competitions hosted by the court theater great which would become an important institution in my life yes and in many people's lives (laughs) in many people's lives indeed let the viewers know that i'm looking at you james (laughs) not that you haven't been looking at me the whole time but yes Uh, pointedly looking at me yes you are in jesus christ superstar hey I was indeed. I played a character called James the Elder. James the Elder. Right. How much of you feels typecast in that scenario? I think I chose the character myself, to be honest. (laughs) Like (laughs) You're allowed to do that? Well, Stephen was like, (laughs) because it's just like the 12 apostles. And Stephen was like, (laughs) you know, work work out who you are. I was like, I guess I'm James. Oh my gosh. One of the Jameses, one of the two Jameses. Oh my gosh. I've never been asked what role I wanted to play, least of all by Stephen. <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess I'm, he just I didn't care enough about the apostles to, to cast I guess. them. I guess. I mean, there are 12 of them. It's hard, it's hard to cast. I know. And there's only a few that you really care about. Exactly. Yeah. Peter, yeah. John, James. James. Actually, James is in there. So. <laughs> yeah. He's named. I don't know the names of any other ones other than Judas is an apostle, right? Yeah. Sure. Right? Yeah, okay. Thank you for listening to our Jesus Christ Superstar podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on board with that. Yeah. So high school, what about language? Because you studied language at university. So where did that passion come from? My mother taught me how to count in quite a few different languages. Mm Mm-hmm. Like when I was super young, and she chose like 10 different languages, which is interesting. My mother herself only speaks one language. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know where this compulsion came from. 
I don't know where the the knowledge came from. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up, I was born in 1990. She didn't have the internet, so I don't know how she did it. She just bought all those books, all those little <laughs> learner language books. <laughs> exactly, exactly. She she bought 10 different um, how-to for dummies. Yeah. Passed them and then um, taught me how to count to 10 in all of those languages. So yeah, I guess it, I guess it started there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I've always had like a kind of linguistic brain. I'm really into words and I really like words and that, that actually does help me a bit with script reading and learning and lyrics. I like, like I can, I can hang on to lyrics of songs pretty well. Yeah. I've always been language brained mm. and, and then also um, at high school you have to study a language and then I studied yeah. Japanese for like the entirety of high school um, right. and then at university. So the rest of this uh, interview will be conducted in Japanese. Hi. Hi, wakata. You speak some, hey? Watashi wa James desu. Perfect. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Perfect Japanese. Also very polite. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I forgot what the question was. Did I answer it? You smashed it. <laughs> okay, thank you. As, as I mentioned, you studied language and linguistics at Otago mm-hmm. University. Oh, yes. What was the thing that actually pushed you to go into that? Was it always something that you were going to pursue? Oh, I think of it more as like a hobby degree. Um, mm-hmm. I went to university because all my friends were going to university. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm very comfortable in institution. So, you know, I rolled from like primary school into high school and then I don't know what I would have done mm. after high school if I hadn't gone to university that that would have just baffled me and so yeah. I think I just I university just seemed logical it's like yeah this is the next step so I went to university and I was like oh I guess I'll I actually studied a range of things so I did like law mm-hmm. um and languages and linguistics and then and in theater and and so yeah I went all around the place I studied like five different languages by the end of my tertiary education did you study improv yes yeah one five two one five one theater one five one um one of those uh the university of otago has a really good theater department there's some there's some really wonderful lecturers there i didn't actually stick with the theater department but in just pursuing theater outside of my studies i always bumped into them and i was always learning from them that way yeah. Um, I started a theatre company down south, specifically an improv um, yep. theatre company. It wasn't just me that initiated that, but I kind of fell into the role of like creative director yeah. of that company. That company ended up working a lot with um, different lecturers of the theatre department. Sure. We kind of became like, I don't know, a way for people to get time on stage, which is so important for, yeah, um, for young performers and people who are looking at getting into this in this yeah. industry it's just mm. time on stage yeah mm. on the university section for a second more we have another list of question from erica brown who oh. you both know yes shout out to erica hi erica yeah big shout out erica and i have um have gone on a similar journey she's my girl from down south we were both at the fortune theater i mean that that's where Improsaurus, that that improv theater company that was like it's it's home theater um, and Erica was working at the Fortune Theatre, um, and so that's where we got to know each other, and now we're both up here in Christchurch again and working at the Court Theatre. So, yeah. Big love to Erica. Big love to Erica. Her question is, how do you think your degree influences or informs your career? Yeah, um, sometimes I don't think it does that. Um, 
and specifically like the contents of my degree. I don't know. It it lets me mine the semantic, the actual semantic meaning of words on a page. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and sometimes that's useful. Yeah, I think it, just having a foundation in linguistics and phonology and second language acquisition and all those wonderful things um, means that I can I can pretty much look at most words from most origins and know what they mean and yeah. like how to pronounce them. So a little bit of stuff like that. But I mean, I mean, you don't often look at a script and I don't know, it's written in Latin. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I feel like just regardless of what you learn in a tertiary situation, it, especially straight out of high school, it really allows you to find yourself and, and what you actually want to do with your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most valuable thing I got from um, university was who it put me in touch with because mm. through the university yeah. is how I did the student review show, The Capping Show, which is huge, down mm. in the University of Otago. And they put me in touch with so many people that I've worked with and still work with for such a long time, some of my best friends and contacts and co-creators I met at Otago University. Mm. I still create with those people today. That by far is the most valuable thing that I can point to. Totally. Jumping back into the theatre, as we all hope to do very soon. <laughs> yes, as I will be tonight. Great. My question is, what is your dream role to play? So I really love, I love like, I love villains. I love instigators. I yep. love like merry makers, mayhem makers. I look at characters like Clopin from like, Hunchback of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. for instance. Mwah. I had this conversation very recently with um, with Kira, who actually was, I think, a wee while ago has been on this podcast as well. She was my first guest. Ah, great. <laughs> I was having this conversation with her. And then similarly, these are all going to be Disney references now. Um, similarly, Zazu, Lion yep. King. Mwah. Love me an advisor. Love me an advice. <laughs> and Genie as well. Mm-hmm. You know? I really like playing and adding to the colour of a world and really like helping to make that magic. And those characters, they I know because you know the 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 heroes the hero has always got other important work to do. You know, they've got the boring work to do of like carrying the heart of the, the show. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> they've got all the responsibility. Exactly. I'm really interested in the characters that um yeah, that colour the world. Mm. Or that, like, really, like, instigate or, you know, really cause trouble. And then, and, then, and then going back to Jesus Christ Superstar, I think Pilot is such a cool role. Speaking yeah. <laughs> speaking of counting in different languages. <laughs> counting to 39 <laughs> every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder, does that ever go wrong? <laughs> like, I mean, how many times? How many times? Because who played? It was James Hart. James um, Buster, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should ask him. But like, how many times do you get to that part? And forget how to count? <laughs> yeah. You know, the most basic of things. And yeah. How many times do you think it went through his head? Like, am I going to screw up numbers? I feel Didn't like I- that would happen every night. Like forgetting what number you just said and being like, did I just say the right number? Like, <laughs> did I just skip 20? <laughs> <laughs> did it ever happen? Were you the, I mean, were you paying attention? It didn't <laughs> happen to my knowledge. I don't think, okay. <laughs> but I, I may not have been paying attention. No, <laughs> uh, we, we were thrashing around the side, like taking robes off and. Oh yeah. Like undulating or yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. And and oh, fab- laughing maniacally. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 poor Jesus is being oh, whipped. Yep. being br- br- brutally whipped. Yeah. Oh, dear. What a, what a lovely musical. <laughs> it is such a lovely musical. It really isn't very cheery at any point. <laughs> no. No, not really. <laughs> Again, thank you for coming to our <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar yeah. podcast. Yeah, heck yeah. Along the same line of the previous question, but mm-hmm. on the flip side, what is your dream miscast role? So a role that you definitely wouldn't be cast as, but would love to play. Ooh, this one? Hard. You did give me this question in advance, <laughs> and I didn't settle on an answer for this one. Is it Mary Magdalene? <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, I don't think she's the biggest miscast. Like True. Uh, um, I'm sure it's been done. It, in fact, yeah. it definitely has been done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure it's actually that radical, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I just see myself as just so versatile um, that it's hard to imagine a role that I can't play. Nothing is miscast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know the first the first thing that I think of when I think miscast is like gender swap or gender flip, but it, it hardly feels like you know like a a challenge or a limitation. Yeah, you you know that you. I don't think that's why a role should be difficult. No, um, not. Oh, James, I'm coming up short on this one. That's fine. <laughs> if you think of one, we can okay. circle back. I yeah, if I think of one, I will scream it out at um some point during this interview. Uh, jumping to your career. Long and storied as it is. Yes. You mentioned Impressaurus. Yeah. Which was the improv theatre company that you started in Dunedin. And were yeah. the creative, mates, mates. creative director of. And you guys went to Florida in yes. 2014. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah, you investigative journalist. Yes, yes, you did. Oh my gosh, I who did. told you? <laughs> <laughs> the internet told me <laughs> oh my god yeah scandalous i know so that was for the american association of community theater world festival oh yeah oh yeah i can't remember how many um companies there were in total maybe between 30 and 40 or oh, that could be i don't know how correct that number is i don't have that information unfortunately <laughs> oh well um but there were that that was an amazing festival. There was there were people from all over. So there was um a Chinese opera company. There were a few local like American acts. Uh, there was a troupe down from Canada. Um, there was one from Argentina. A puppetry company from Armenia, which were incredible. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm starting to remember these performances now, and they were amazing. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you always feel like little wee New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you go to something like this but yeah, yeah there was us doing improv however being from little we new zealand you did get the outstanding performer award oh i did yeah um um yes yes i did um oh my gosh you really did your your research um <laughs> i don't tell anyone that <laughs> uh, yeah i did sorry to out you <laughs> <laughs> oh please please do please do yeah i did uh, it was very flattering there were a lot of really really um wonderful performers there and very funny yes oh my goodness you've utterly embarrassed me what a wonderful time <laughs> you just completely you, you bamboozled me you, yeah one mention of that and now i'm undone great <laughs> thanks for listening we'll see you next time <laughs> 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 so there, that was in 2014. Um, I actually made the choice to stay when um everyone, so the five of us went over 
mm-hmm. and four people, actually two of us stayed. I actually, before I went over to the US, decided to get my visa for Canada. Mm-hmm. And so when the rest of the trip went back, I stayed and then shot up to Toronto and was there for a year doing improv. My original intention was to um, sign up with Second City, which is an improv school. They started in the US. I think their first one was in Chicago. But yeah, they've got a Toronto school. And I was going to study with them, but uh, there was something about the timing of it and the the point at which I would have to enter the course that I didn't... I don't know, I studied the foundations of improv a lot. Not that I think you ever master those core principles, but that's not how I want to spend my year Mm. in Canada. And so I ended up just performing on like a more sort of like underground-ish circuit. Mm-hmm. in toronto there's a great theater space there bad dog theater yeah i did a lot of their drop-in workshops and shows and that was how i ended up doing my improv while i was in canada mm. was it a good experience yeah it was great i saw some really really wonderful improv like some of the best i've seen s p which is standards and practices for any improv buffs out there so i saw them before the supperettes just amazing improv they really kind of blew my mind with what you can do with improv i remember just thinking wow these people are entirely in each other's heads and they were communicating you know just communicating without speaking you know they yeah it was something otherworldly it looked like at that time in my life and then i think i've had since then i've had experiences on stage where i felt something similar did you bring some of those lessons that you learned at back into your what you do maybe i couldn't i couldn't tell you specifically mm. like what techniques i'm not sure i could identify what specifically i learned but mm. certainly like looking at the caliber of like improvisers and performance that i saw definitely like put the drive and the fire into me to be like oh right this this can be incredible mm. um so let's let's aim for that mm. and to pass that on it seems in your improv coaching life yeah yeah, because I've, I've, I've coached improv since I was like 20, like when I started university, mm-hmm. just because I, I'd been taught so much by the, the court jesters yeah. um, all throughout my high, high school years. And I, and I really tried to learn as much from them as I possibly could. And I did learn so much from them. They're, they're wonderful teachers and it's a great institution, which I'm now a part of. You know, I am a court jester now. Yeah. Yeah, I learned so much from them, but that by the time that I got to university, you know, I signed up for the theatre sports club and then I realised there was a lot that I could actually teach to people there. I was like, yeah. oh, actually, arriving at university, it's like I, I was ready to, to be surrounded by experts, but mm. I realised I brought my own value and my own expertise. And then, yeah, I've been coaching since then. Mm. What's the first kind of thing that you learn when they first come into improv? Like, what's the first thing that you say? Oh, what's the... F- Oh my gosh. What's the first thing that I, I'm putting myself in that scenario. Students are coming in the door. It, it's, it can be the hardest thing, but you, I don't know, you just want them to breathe a little easier. I think people come in with so many expectations of themselves when they come into the room to learn improv. Like they they are just so overburdened with expectations of either how to be like how to be funny is usually one of them. It's not, mm. that's not universal, but because I think, I think when you see improv on stage, the result is often comedic. That isn't what you're aiming for. You know, you're not trying mm. to, pro- you're not trying to produce comedy. You're trying to tell a story. Almost the comedy comes from the fact that it is improv and the audience knows that you are making it up on the spot. So even if it's not funny, it becomes funny because of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When people come along to an improv show, they're, they're ready to laugh. Yeah. Like, it's 
you generally don't get any any other products unless you're on a really developed like improv scene you you expect improv to be comedy and you expect to have a good time and just there's something inherently funny because by doing improv you're a lot more prone to mistakes and there being like errors in communication so yeah those are usually pretty funny yeah <laughs> those moments yeah and so yeah it lends itself to comedy yeah yeah improv needn't be funny and certainly students when they're starting they needn't be funny either yeah i, I would just love for them all to just let that go just yeah. like breathe it out and, and just watch it melt away you need to be able to make mistakes when you come into that room totally. so that's what i most want speaking of mistakes there's a quote that i found from you from 2014 oh. florida in an, oh, yes. <laughs> in an article oh my gosh when you were oh my god running a an improv workshop uh-huh what they say oh my god what bullshit is this it's basically what you just said but oh yes more eloquent maybe it is <laughs> you're going to make a lot of mistakes i want to stress that that is totally fine in fact i encourage you to make mistakes dare to suck oh yeah 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 oh and i loved I, saying that for a while yeah dare to suck dare to suck and i think it's it's <laughs> pretty pretty like oxymoronic in a way like to be good at improv you have to suck at improv yeah well yeah you have to be comfortable with comfortable with sucking at improv exactly yeah yeah sometimes you are just gonna fucking oh whoopsie swear word naughty it's fine we've got the little e on uh on spotify <laughs> and apple podcasts for erotic yes exactly. um great yeah because you're gonna do hopefully you're gonna do improv so much that some of it's just gonna be crap mm. well no, not crap but like weird at its best like improv is hilarious and it makes you think anything's possible and then you know at the other end is just like oh that's weird yeah <laughs> which is fine yeah and it's Absolutely. almost pretty fun in itself yeah exactly mm. So yeah, data data suck because no scene that you do like should feel like it's so important, and that, that's why I say like having time on stage. This is this is true of improv, but I'm sure it's true of many things, uh, especially performing, like on any stage. Mm. It's the important thing about hours on stage, just so that each individual scene or each individual performance stops feeling so important. I mean, it is important, but you know, like if it if too much is riding on it for you then that's that's when like the ego intrudes and yeah. you know like you intrude on your own performance and yeah. so so just just be comfortable with like fucking it up yeah just let it go and then the storytelling comes easier i think mm. i wondered if there is a moment in a piece of improv that you remember as being particularly memorable or do you forget it all every time <laughs> you know um I forget who said this, but I think a lot of prof prolific improvisers would rather, well, they encourage you to forget it, mm -hmm. you know, don't frame it and put it on the wall. Just do it. Then do the next one and do the next one. Yeah. I don't know. Celebrate your achievements that you were a generous player. But in saying that, <laughs> there's still moments that I, <laughs> you know, that I hang on to just like, oh yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I just produced like an improv show very recently called Kiss My Ask For. Mm -hmm. That is a rotating guest spot and myself do a two-hander 50-minute improv show. Um, and I've had three fabulous guests on that so far, and I've loved each of them. Those are shows that I've loved. We did that at Little Andromeda, mm -hmm. and hopefully be doing more when Little Andromeda opens up again in October, fingers crossed. One of my really good um, improviser friends, Tara, um, Tara Swati, chief advisor to 
Ashley Bloomfield on the um, pandemic response as well, by the way. Um, she's she's extremely talented. Um, uh, she just sent me through. <laughs> she was just re-watching some improv from the yesterdays um, <laughs> or yesteryears. And she found a moment that she thought was very funny um, that I said. And I agreed with her. I thought I was very funny. It was a scene and she's wearing a watch. And, she's, and, I, and I say, as her father, I say, no, that was your mother's watch. Get that away from me. It reminds me of her face. And her hands. <laughs> Which, you know, I made that up on the spot. You can all strive to one day achieve something similar. Yes. You probably won't get to that caliber, but you can you can try. <laughs> <laughs> I encourage you to try. <laughs> and then every now and then, musical improv always feels like the most Im- like impressive. And mm. like, I'm not musically trained, but I love musical improv. Yeah. And I feel like I've had some real banger songs. Recently, we did a show, Waiting in the Wings, which was a show that was comprised of a lot of shows that didn't happen because of COVID. One of the acts was uh, me and Monique doing like a two-hander musical improv set. And yeah, that felt great. I suppose I don't remember moments so much, but I remember people that I love improvising with. Hmm. Um, you, you just get on, you're on stage and you're like, wow, this just clicks. Yeah. And you don't necessarily know it until you get on stage with them. But mm. you realize then it's like, oh, wow, this is something. How do we bottle this? Yeah. So that, that's what I have, mm. I guess. It takes the shape of people. Yeah. There we go. We got, we got to the answer eventually. It's not moments, but people. People. <laughs> people is what matters. Yeah. I've been, I've been spoiled, I think. I've worked with many, many, many fabulous improvisers. Mm. In terms of learning or not learning your script. How do you go about it? Do you do you sit down and dedicatedly learn the script or do you read through it and kind of tr- trust that you know it? <laughs> um, my method since I've been in high school is just to read it to the mirror. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just read, I just read my lines to a mirror all the time. Like is how I, I don't know. That just helps me get it to stick. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to be in the room. Oh, I need to learn it in the room. Um, and, you know, I actually, I think there's some validity to that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially coming I'm from an like, improv oh. background, you, you can kind of find it. Oh, exactly. But, yeah, I do a lot of mirror reading and then I leave some to the room mm. for, for better or for worse. Or to the first performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I'm really looking to um to destroy some relationships, then I'll do I'll do that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm usually pretty good. I actually don't like breaking rules. Fair. Or I don't I don't like being the bad student. Yeah. I need everyone to know that I'm trying, mm. and especially the teacher or director. Yeah. <laughs> I need them to know that I'm trying my very best. Yeah. And that I take my work very seriously, even though I'm having fun. Hmm. We do have a question from. Yeah. We do have two questions, actually, from Raylene. Oh, my goodness. Raylene Hellager. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. What, what smut is coming my way? So the, the first question, she wants me to ask you why you're so goddamn precious. I love him. I think that is both a question and an answer delivered in one. Raylene, uh, let me know that I love you very much as well. Yes. This is a, this is, this is a two-way thing. There's a lot of room in my heart for Raylene. I'll say that. Definitely. Me as well. Do you mean there's a lot of space for you in my heart? Because that is also true. That is that <laughs> is what I meant. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Good. <laughs> Let it be clear. I also love you. Thank you. 
you're also very precious. Thanks. Second question from Mailing. Yes. Is also, I'm curious to know who are some people that inspire you both in the performing arts and outside of it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what scope to answer this on, but I'll just say the first thing that came into my head. Um, Like growing up, my my two biggest inspirations, like within the industry, on TV was Rowan Atkinson mm-hmm. and Will Smith. They right. were, they, and I, I think that's a pretty good, at that intersection, it's a pretty good summary of my style. Yeah. So I'm talking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Mr. Bean. Yeah. <laughs> Which, the more I examine that, the truer it feels. Yeah. My comedy is very it's very physical it can be very slapstick it's very facial and i think it's just because of how much i watched fresh prince and mm. um mr bean and then black Adder. and then outside of it outside of um performance my mother and not just because i love her but um she i know she manages this kind of like bravery that i see I know I see I see from a lot of my um co-creators um but she's a non theater she she hasn't done a lick of theater in her life she's got like an emotional bravery and honesty that I really admire yeah she's very forthcoming with what she thinks and you know she and just her story in general is very inspiring like she's a she's a solo mum with like two kids one of whom is me I know. I just feel like so much was stacked against her, and then I look at myself, and I, I don't know. I I just feel like I've had like the best, most enchanted life. So, Mumsy, Mumsy, big inspiration. Yeah, soldier, nice. battler, mother. Yeah, she's everything. Those are my biggest inspirations. Mm. Those are the obvious ones for me. Mum, Ron Atkinson, <laughs> Will Smith, <laughs> the three pillars of Truby's life. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> Lock it in. That is, I'm happy with that answer. <laughs> Before we wrap things up, we'll just quickly touch on what you've got coming up. Sure. So you have Cinderella, in which you're playing Daldini. Yeah, I am. Who is the prince's right-hand man. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely right. Yep. Cinderella coming up 15th of December is when we open at the Isaac Theatre. Super, super excited to get stuck into that. It's yeah. going to be a pantomime and it's going to be a full blown pantomime. And I'm really excited about starting the pantomime culture in Christchurch because pantomime is, it's a huge culture. Yeah. Christchurch is unindoctrinated, mm. I guess. So yeah, it'd be great to see if we can start something or what we can start. Yeah. What else have you got coming up? Well, um, regularly I perform at the court theatre in Scared Scriptless yes. as a court jester. That includes tonight. <laughs> Great. This will not come out today, so that will be in the past. <laughs> no, no. So every Friday, um, every Friday we perform Scared Scriptless at the court theatre at 10.15 yep. p.m. So because it's on after whatever main stage show is playing. <laughs> so... Get along to that. That is a rip snorting good time. I'll also be performing in the early, early late show, which is basically the kids' version of Scared Scriptless. So possibly um even um more absurd and silly um mm-hmm. is that one. Great for kids, they lose their minds. Yeah. Um and so do we. 
Yeah. And then other than that, don't have official dates, but I will come hell or high water, we'll be restaging Kiss My Ask for at Little Andromeda um, yes. towards the end of the year. And also, I don't have dates for it yet, but um, I also perform on Dungeons and Comedians mm. at Little Andromeda Theatre, um, which we still haven't worked out the exact dates that that is returning, but um, definitely something you should look at if you're a fan of comedy or Dungeons and Dragons or just general mayhem, mischief and drinking while you watch a funny show. That yeah. is highly recommended as well. Nice. Truby's doing eyebrows into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My eyebrows speak for me, really. Too bad this is an audio forum, but... I know, I know. They're really missing out. Oh my goodness. They're quite thick, aren't they? They're... I've got such big eyebrows. Can you see my scar? I can. What's that for? It's my Prince Zuko scar. It's over my left eye. Um, this is from... So this is, this is a theatre injury. It was a post-theatre injury. We went to a writer's retreat for Capping Show mm-hmm. um, for the Otago University. And we were playing Spotlight on a Beach and I ran like i was bolting down the beach and it's pitch black and i ran eyebrow first into another man uh logan wilson <laughs> i gave him a <laughs> i gave him a huge lump in the middle of his forehead and this um i didn't get a lump but i did get a black eye and this cut and um uh lost quite a bit of blood hmm. but, but you're alive um yeah and i'm alive <laughs> Anyway, um, you were saying something. Um, sorry for interrupting. Yes. Uh, so thank you for that oh, yes. extremely visual tidbit that no one will have gotten in the audio podcast that this is. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, wrapping things up. This podcast is called Broadway and Other Kiwi Dreams, as you know. And that is based around performing as a career and having dreams to do that. My question is, what is your Kiwi dream? My Kiwi dream. It's an interesting question because part of me, part of me feels like I'm living it right now. Like, believe it or not. Yeah, I expressed simply, like, I want to be a career performer and entertainer and improviser. Storyteller, I guess. Mm -hmm. And... That, that is what I'm doing right now. This still feels like a recent achievement. It feels like a recent milestone. I've been doing this for a couple of years now, but it's still, it, 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 that feels, it feels very new still. Mm. That felt like an insensible reality for so much of my life. But uh, here I am. I still feel like I'm living the first iteration of my dream. Mm. <laughs> From here, I want to be producing within the stream. I want to be producing and being in work that uses me for who I am, my specific experiences as a young queer kid in New Zealand. Yeah. But also all these all these skills that I've developed. So so the the next thing is is more of the producing the shows. Yeah. Mm. Because I, I, I feel like to really, the way that I want to succeed is by, I don't know, becoming a performer that's so unique, such a unique blend of skills that I'm the only one who can do what I can do. And yeah, I feel like I'm on that journey still. I've got so many things now that I bring as a performer. And so that is already so unique, but I want to put more into that pot. 
it gets to the point where you have to make the shows that use that unique blend because you're not just going to happen upon those roles anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, producing is what I think I have to do next within mm. this dream. Yeah, make, making making my show for me. And it feels good. It feels good, James. It feels real good. Nice. <laughs> it's all we can ask for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel extremely lucky and fortunate. But I've got to say, yeah. No, I, I feel lucky and fortunate, but I've also got to acknowledge my own hard work. There you go. Well, uh, being that we have been going for almost two hours. Oh, perfect. <laughs> we should probably <laughs> wrap things up. <laughs> 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 Actually, no. We've been going. We've been going for six hours, haven't we? Because of the the cats and the, oh, yeah. the recorder. Yeah. So exactly. Thank you. Oh, I'm exhausted. Thank you, everyone, for listening to six hours of a um, interview, and hmm. we will talk to you next time with probably a shorter one. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thank you, Truby, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And thank you to everyone for listening. And we will talk to you next time with another guest. Goodbye. Very nice. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed learning more about the improv world from a seasoned performer like Truby. You can find Truby on Instagram at truby.dylan. Also, if you're in Christchurch in December, make sure to get your tickets to GMG's production of Cinderella. If you would like to follow the podcast, you can do so via my brand new social media handle at KiwiDreamsPod. That will work on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so whichever one you use, I'll be there at KiwiDreamsPod. You can also find the podcast on my website, KiwiDreamsPodcast.com, or send me an email to hello at KiwiDreamsPodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much again for listening and I'll talk to you next time with another amazing guest on Broadway and other Kiwi dreams. Gollum has an unhealthy obsession about some bit of jewellery. Doesn't even know this is what the precious is. Stupid therapist. Cookie Monster's a bit of a stress eater. Cookie, cookie, cookie! And homicidal robots really just want their best friend back. I know I did and said things that she regrets, but why is that my problem? But what all these monsters really need is therapy. The podcast Therapy for Monsters finally puts monsters in a therapy chair with a real therapist. Me, Tim, your friendly neighborhood therapist. If you'd like to learn a bit and laugh a bit, check out Therapy for Monsters on your favorite podcast app. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast.